Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Guns, Oil, and Dirt podcast. This is going to be part two of my uh, two-part interview with my buddy Rob. Uh, like I said, the interview between uh, Rob and I went a little long, and uh, I just wanted to break it up into two episodes. Hopefully, it'll pick up right where it left off. Remember, if you like what you're listening to, feel free to check us out on our Instagram and our Facebook group, and also our MeWe page at Guns, Oil, and Dirt. So... Without going any further, back to the interview. You know? Right. Let me ask you this. Since since you talked about um, grabbing a bunch of wood from our mutual friend, um, what – this is a random question. What would your dream job be? If you could do anything, let's say Monday through Friday, you're retired, you could do anything, but you want to stay active, what would you do? <laughs> so the weirdest thing of all, uh, you're going to find this to be funny – I would probably do fairly similar to what I do now. I just wouldn't have a boss. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'd like, and and I'm, I'm not talking about firefighting right now, even though if I could firefight for a living, uh, I would freaking love it, but I wouldn't want to do any EMS calls. <laughs> Interesting. But um, no, I'm, I, I would spin a wrench. I'd still spin a wrench. Like a shop? Yeah, I mean, I would. My, one of my dreams is to open my own shop. Actually, my my dad, my brother, and myself. Uh, I've always wanted to do this with my brother and my dad is open up a open up a like a custom shop. Ooh. You know, it's Which, funny uh, you say that because I'm trying to get like as one of my hobbies when I need to decompress is uh, pinstriping. I'm really into pinstripe art. Well, that's that's good to know because I've I have I've actually done it. Mm-hmm. Really, <laughs> I'm not I'm not very good, but I have done. I uh, I'm I'm like really I have I have a mini truck. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like into the like custom lowriders mini truck scene. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, yeah, you're right. You're right up my alley. You uh, you'd be really entertained. My brother, um, kind of does like custom car work right now. That's where this whole thing's kind of like funny because that's what we wanted to do together. He does custom car work. I I do custom stuff in a different direction. And my dad's uh, my dad's a fabricator uh, also. So like getting the three of us together, even that's though we deadly. can't, yeah, even though we can't agree on anything, and everybody else is always wrong. <laughs> But I mean, my my brother, you know, he's uh, he's like into the import tuner scene. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm into like the custom trucks, like lifted and lowered. It doesn't matter to me. I love trucks. Interesting. So, yeah, rock crawlers and you know lowrider trucks, the whole thing. And then my dad's been like, he's just a like a he's been like a maintenance guy for factories his whole life. So it's literally like anything you can make. You know, if you need a maid, he'll he'll figure it out. Wow, my dream job to circle back to that, yeah. I could, I would honestly, I would work with a landscape company or a tree removal company. They would drop the tree. I would literally come with my little trail behind log splitter, and I would split wood all day. All right, so I'm gonna talk about uh, talk to you about that for a second. Um. Get rid of the log splitter. Get rid of it. Get rid of the log splitter. 
So like almost every guy I know who's missing a finger lost <laughs> it to a log splitter. <laughs> they're that bad? Yeah. I mean they're they're super dangerous. What I even had a I even had a guy who lost a finger to the log splitter from splitting a log and then lost another finger to it because he was trying to hook it up to his truck and it tipped over. No. Yeah, That's... that was it was it was not good. It's a bad day. Is this all on the same day? No, these are separate occasions. If it was the same day, I mean, there would have been we would have had to talk to him about this and be like, "Hey, guy," like, but uh, but That's yeah, dude, there's yeah, they're dangerous though. I I I've always been a huge proponent of splitting wood by hand. <sighs> Different. If I had to do it by hand, I couldn't do it every day. That's a lot of work. It's a good workout. Yeah, but I mean, just. So, like, that's one of the things that I do to decompress. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll, like, go out back and I'll just split, like, a couple cords of wood. Um, that's actually the reason why I went over to our mutual friend's house that day, because her and I were supposed to work out. And uh, she got called to do that. And I was like, well, if you have to do it, then I'll come over and split with my mall for a while and uh, just get a little little workout out of it. It's so therapeutic. It's like demo. Yeah. That's like my favorite part of a home project is demo. That's everybody's favorite. That's again. That's why. That's why we are firefighters. <laughs> it's true. We like to break. We don't like to put it back together. Yeah, it's, that's like the best thing about firefighting is ripping, ripping walls out and kicking doors and then not having to replace. <laughs> yeah, I got super excited. I was. Um, I've gotten to use the Halligan, I think two or three times since I've been here. Um, which has been awesome. One one was to pop a door, well, a car door. The other one was to break a window, and then the third time was to actually like forcible entry on a door for someone that was in a, um, you know, having a very bad overdose. So, <laughs> but uh, my partner and I actually got to use these these skills that they teach you that you don't get to use that often to force open a door. And I was like, Oh, this is the greatest job ever. Okay. we got to focus on the patient now. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, we messed that, that door up. That is the part where you lose me is the focus on the patient part because I just uh, <laughs> like, uh, well, okay. So tell me a little bit about that. You don't, you don't like the EMS side of the house. It's not that I don't like, I am actually, I'm, I'm actually going to go and try and get my EMT. Yeah, I just don't have it, so I don't get to do the EMS side of the house. You know, you know rules yeah. where overstepping your scope of knowledge thing. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'll. I've even I've even volunteered to drive the the box. Yeah, I don't know, man. I feel like if you if you asked to do a couple hours one night and just come in and run on the box, because we let the interns do it. Well, what's the difference yeah. between an intern and you doing it? None of them have certs. Yeah, well, I mean, there's the reason why I don't do it is sometimes I don't like who's on shift. Fair. <laughs> Fair. So, that's that's the best part about my situation is, is because I come and go as I please, and uh, and you're pretty and distance. Yeah, I can keep my distance if I want to, and then I get to show up <laughs> for like the good stuff, like when it's rocking and rolling, and. Uh, kick doors and break things and put fire you know put the wet stuff on the on the red stuff and yes 
pack up the things and wash the truck and go home. So that's actually one of the best the best part about it is, is you get to ride around the big red trucks with the lights and sirens going. So it is cool. It is a perk of the job when you see kids on the corner like giving you the honk sign, you know, with their arm, and you're like. You wait till you're a little bit away from them, and then you give them one, and you can just hear them cheering in the background. And you're like, ah, that's cool. That's fun. Yeah, I actually told one of the guys one night we we're rocking out, and it was like two o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, and we we're going for like a mutual aid across the, mm-hmm. the like the next county. Nice. <laughs> and uh, and we we're like, I'm sitting there with this big shit-eating grin on my face because I'm a knucklehead. And yeah. one of the guys is like looking at me. He's like, what are you smiling about? He's, and I was like, dude, I was like, if you can't smile every time you get in one of these trucks, you put this gear on, you get in this seat and you don't have like this big dumb grin on your face. I was like, you shouldn't even be fighting fire anymore. Every time, dude, yeah, every time. Every time. Can't even wipe the smile off my face once the lights and sirens go. And I'm like, yeah, bang on the air horn. Let's just, let's just enjoy this. If you talk to my wife, anytime I hear like, sirens coming because you can tell the difference between a cop car and ambulance and an engine but like if i hear an engine coming like i perk up the whole conversation stops like my chest gets a little pumpy i get super excited she's like oh here we go (laughs) that's that's exactly how it works too i love it i love that in this industry if we can talk um, in this industry, the fire and EMS industry, whatever side of the house you want to be on, doesn't matter to me. We're all part of this, but you're never going to know it all. And the second you've got your soft skills down and you got your, your strength there, there's always something more you can learn or a new technique or something you can do. Like there's so many different ways you can go with this in saying that you're a, you're a firefighter, EMT, paramedic, whatever. There's, there's always learning. There's always what's next. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's like when we got into like swift water rescue and I was like, well, this is like a new thing for our department, but we need it. Cause we got like all these rivers and the lake and all this stuff. And I was like, well, like this is new and exciting stuff, swift water rescue. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then, and then I always, I always show up for the rope like the high angle rescue rope training stuff. I, I just love going to those. Yeah, I want to um, check that out sometime. I've never done that, but oh, that's awesome. You got it. You got to go, especially like when we do like rappelling, you know. Do we uh, do them out, the, out at the burn house? No, we, uh, we do them off the water tower. Nice. Even higher. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really high. Uh, the last time I did one, uh, I was playing the victim who was supposed to be stuck like hanging. You were I was the victim? Like, yeah, I played the victim. All right, so uh, anybody who's listening to this podcast, if you've never stood next to uh, Evan here, he's probably the largest victim you could find in the entire department height-wise. No, we got we got taller guys than me, but uh, yeah. But so they send me up there and they hang me underneath the... Um, underneath the water tower I'm like five feet below where the deck is oh no and then he told me he's like well like you can't help him he's like you have to pretend to be unconscious the whole time and so this other guy's got to like rappel down to me hook to my harness and then like lower me down with him dang so this is where things got fun uh as he's lowering me down my um descender actually hits his oh no all right, and then it pinches the rope 
between them. And I'm like laying underneath this guy because he's like hooked to my harness, but he's above me and he's like holding my weight. But we're both got a safety line on us, but we're hanging on the same line. Okay. Which is what made it weird. So we're both on the same line and our descenders are on the same line. But thank God we have like four ropes going at this time. But our descenders hit each other and it starts like cutting the rope. You could see it cutting the rope. Oh no. Okay. And so I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to be that guy, but I have to be that guy right now. So I'm, I'm like, tap the guy. I'm like, hey, bud. He's like, what's up? And I'm like, uh, do you hear that? And he goes, yeah, I do. And I was like, uh, we're cutting the rope that is holding us both up right now. And he was like, what? And we like, I was pointing. And because both of our weight was on it, he couldn't pick us up high enough to get us unhooked. All because his descender was on is on top of yours. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, so how would we you get out of this? Well, so what we ended up doing is he unhooked mine, okay? Because there's uh. slack on mine, right? Because I'm hooked to his harness at this point. You oh, know what you I'm were saying? Attached to him. Yeah, because he's like lowering me down, so I'm hooked to his harness, and my descender is actually just my safety. You know, so he unhooks me, hooks me to one of the other lines. And then we just continued to rappel down on the rope that was already half torn. But they gave us a secondary safety and we hooked onto that one, too. So if if the rope we were on went, we had two catch lines. But it was like one of those moments where like you come like 100 percent peace with the fact that if you fall right now, you're just going to have to deal with whatever whatever it comes and like because i'm below him he's gonna land directly on top of me because we're oh, tethered yeah. to each other oh yeah you you got you got a chopper coming for sure oh i i i told him i was like at this height because we were like <laughs> I, I can't even tell you almost 200 feet <laughs> you know uh, like i told him i was like we're not i'm not even gonna feel this <laughs> no not from that high man it's um yeah. Well, and then on top of that, because my the way I was hooked up, I'm laying perfectly flat to him, you know, like flat on my back. Yeah. With the way I'm harnessed in. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm dropping just perfectly pancake on my spine, like down from where we are. So I told him, I was like, dude, I'm, I'm not even worried about it because I'm not going to feel this. So, um... Oh, this is that's funny that you're talking about it. And I'm Googling um, high angle rescue. And this looks to be um, from another state. But the water tower has three firefighters. One of them's hanging off in red shorts. And the water tower actually says Burlington on it. <laughs> How scary, it's, though. Did you tell Megan this story? I mean, like, she knows. So I didn't tell her how bad things went, but um, <laughs> one of the other guys in the department filled her in one day. <laughs> so, but she like she gets it. She knows what we do. Yeah. Uh, so that's just how it is, man. Uh, it's so funny because this went from me trying to interview you to you interviewing me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking this over. Oh, jeez. That's all right. You might actually have to be like a reoccurring person because I think we're running close to an hour and a half here. Yeah, I got one thirty on the 
recording, but I'm not sure if that's um, if that started when the meeting started or when we started recording. But how long do you like to keep these things? Um, so I actually have a cutoff time of an hour. Oh, you might get but, two podcasts out of it. Oh, we might get more out of it than that. I might have to have you back on. Um, there. Because this is, well, I got all these questions I wrote down now that I didn't get to ask. All right, do the lightning round. Give me two more. Two more? All right. Uh, you were talking about how you you really enjoy uh, helping startups and, and all that other stuff. I'm going to throw a term in here uh, when we get to a certain point that is something that hangs up a lot of people. But... Uh, how do, how do you get started when you know like you have an idea but you don't know where to start with this what, what do you recommend when it comes to business good <laughs> not question. firefighting yeah um, good question how do you get started when you have an idea um, I, I would say start with a vision and, and dream as wild as you want where do you want this to go right i always tell people you have a great idea i don't care if you don't have to be the groundbreaking trendsetter and it's okay if everyone else already does this because you can really look into your your usp or your unique selling proposition what makes you different from them how do you do it better what problem have you solved have a vision have a one-year goal have a three-year goal and have a five-year goal and know that that's what you're going for. Some people just start a company and they just want to do enough business to provide their own income. They don't want to grow it to a 20 person office in a, you know, 30,000 square foot warehouse or whatever. And, and some people do, some people want to go big. It doesn't matter. There's so much different stuff you can do in business these days that you can really tailor it to how you want it to be. Have a vision. What is your one-year goal, your three-year goal, and your five-year goal? And also, I'll even back that up and say um, that everyone in involved in the leadership of that company should at least have two to three annual goals. We do it in the fire service, right? We call it a review, and then we set some goals, and the next year we make sure you did them, or not, or why. It's the same in business. You got to have something to reach for. You have to have something to continuously improve upon or push that company if you want. For instance, our company, Wild Violet Market, um, which my wife and I started in March, our goal this year was to just get off the ground running, get through a first year of production and get some good metrics and maybe do some shows. And we did six shows this year. Phenomenal year. Our goal next year is to get our licenses, get into a commercial kitchen, get into more production, get into uh, more partnerships with charcuterie boards and restaurants in the area and get into some more stores. That's our next year goal and that's what we're gonna focus on. But that keeps pushing you. Wow, man, that's a really good one. That's a lot. Yeah, no, but I mean, that's great. I mean, goal setting, and uh, continuous improvements, like a huge thing in everything people do all the like Even we're at my work, we're always going through continuous improvement. They always give us the speech. <laughs> right. But, Be but better, yeah, no. Better. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I get so sick of hearing it though sometimes. <laughs> but it's completely, the nice thing about business is it's completely what you want. You know, I have a partnership in a, a network security company where I oversee all the sales and marketing. Like That's on me, man. I own that. Like we have to go to market and we're talking about having a unique tool for your network that we want to launch to Fortune 500 companies soon in the next couple of years here. Those are some aggressive goals and we couldn't do that if we didn't know what it entailed to get to the next step. I'm not going to call a Fortune 500 company tomorrow and say, hey, check this out because they won't because we don't have the credibility. But I know the target market that it'll work for. And if I can get that in, you know, next year, quarter one, quarter two, and we can start getting ourselves some headway here, you know, maybe in three to five years, we are approaching those Fortune 500 companies if we even still own it. Goal setting's huge. What's next? And especially, I'll talk to the fire service specifically, fire and EMS. What's next? I'm glad you went and got fire two or fire one. What's next? You should be doing something every semester, whether it's a review, whether it's a weekend course, whether it's a webinar. What are you doing this semester and what's next? And you said it right on the head. You know, you're, you're thinking about taking on EMT basic, you know, that's, that's going to be a fair amount of your, of your life right there. It's very important, but at the same time, you have a f- almost $5 million training facility at your hands, being in the department and the people there who are more than happy to help you. Yeah. Don't, don't go there right now, man. You're going to make me feel bad that I haven't already done it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, everyone's on their own life cycle. Yeah. Well, I mean, so like I always get into people about that because uh, I'm going to bring up like that term I was going to say. I have like I have a really big problem with what they call the toolbox mentality. Hmm. What's that? You know? Oh, all right. So that's a that's like a business term where um, sometimes people don't start doing their next project until they have all the tools that they need in their toolbox. Hmm but they take too long, um, as we say, um, what do you, what do you call it? Like, uh, too long. Yeah. Well, no, you take too long accumulating those tools and you never actually start the project. Interesting. Interesting. So yeah, that's a real, that's a real thing. Uh, definitely a big part of like what, people get into and that's actually what made me start this podcast because i was like well screw having all the uh fancy podcast recording equipment and everything i was like i got a phone and a pair of headphones and i'm just gonna i'm just gonna kick this thing in the butt and then i'll pick up tools as i go just wing it i mean yeah it's just like parenting wing it everyone else is business is the same you can i love it when people spend a ton of time on a business plan and a lot of people are probably going to grill you and me for saying this, but it's, it's bullshit, man. Like your business plan can be as detailed as you want. The only reason you need a business plan is A, to feel really good about yourself that you wasted 22 hours putting into a business plan. B, if you go into a bank for a loan or looking for investors, you have to have a business plan. Like they want to see what you're doing and it, and it goes against all the aspects of the business. But I'm going to be honest. I've never written a full business plan and I've been involved in four or five startup companies now. 
like the it, you can plan all you want but at the end of the day it's hard work it's having a great product or service and it's being able to develop those relationships those are the secrets to success i don't care if you're good with facebook or not someone else can do that for you but you have to at the end of the day be a person wow man that's a pretty good answer right there i like that yeah man so go do the emt thing and who cares i'm gonna give you another fun fact in my emt class that i took two years ago i had maybe two or three people who haven't even graduated high school yet in fact by the time they finished the course the semester long course for emt basic they weren't even old enough to take the national registry you have to be 18. yeah so they had to wait like three or four months just to take the test Mm -hmm. to get the certification that's pretty challenging because you have to remember all the stuff that was built into your head for three or four months to take a national exam to get your certification but i also had a 45 year old who was on a department who never had to have emt who had to get it who didn't Mm -hmm. and i had like a 40 some year old it guy who was just going to get emt so that he could run calls with his son on the department you know so yeah see and that's that's where i mean that matters like that's a big deal both of those answers mm-hmm. like what you just said there like the, the two older guys the young guys i you know you're young you're ambitious you get things done especially when you're in high school you can continue to take education stuff and go above and beyond because i mean that's the point of your life that you're at you're learning stuff and you're it's gonna you're probably gonna retain it a lot better than the 45 year old guy is i mean realistically with the way your brain works when you're that young yep but like when you're you're talking about the two guys who are older the one guy has got to take it now to keep his job which is a, a fire under your butt but the other guy that it guy that's the guy who's really gonna like i feel like he's really gonna crack down on this stuff because I mean, being able to run EMS calls with your son, if that's not a motivator, I don't know what is, you know? Yeah, and he didn't make it. He dropped out not even halfway through because no. Yeah, he took a promotion at work, which ate up the majority of his time. God, that sucks. Cause that yeah. would have been the guy, like I would have put money on that guy was gonna make it because of the thing. Same. And he was smart. He was super smart. And I was like, dude, I'm going to sit next to this guy because he asked great questions. He took great notes. I thought mm. he was a very good leader when we did our groups. Mm. And then like, he was like, nah, I got to leave. I got, I took this promotion. And everyone in the class was like, no. <laughs> but man, I'll, I'll ask you another question. What do you think? is the average startup age in Milwaukee. The average person is this old who starts their first company in Milwaukee. 19. No, oh my God, you're so wrong. (laughs) I'll give you one more. What, one more chance? One more guess. 65. No, a little less. 45 years (laughs) old is the average startup age. Yeah. 45 so people who are in their 30s right now if you're listening about starting something and saying i'm too old no way bro colonel sanders didn't start kentucky fried chicken until he was in his what 60s (laughs) that dude became a billionaire 
Fun fact. That's Fun a good fact. one right there. Yeah, 45 years old, average startup age. I was 27, 28 when I started my first one. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to say something. Dude, you don't even look 27 years old now. <laughs> <laughs> I got good genes, man. I'm 35. I just turned 35. Nice. Yeah. Man. I'm, I'm ready for the Corvette. You know what I'm saying? I'm having the midlife crisis now. But I'll tell you what. Being in the fire industry, I'm probably in the best shape I've ever been in in my life since high school. Yeah, I, I, wish, I, I wish I could say that. <laughs> but we're all working on it, right? Fitness is such an important part of our job that we should yeah. all always be working on it. Yeah, that's the mentality that we need to have. I always... <laughs> Oh my god! Like I'm such an on and off working out kind of guy because like I I always get hurt, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you I go too hard. Like, I sometimes I just think realistically I don't get hurt working out. Okay, like I can go and run and lift and all that stuff, but like I get hurt at work. Oh, <laughs> like I'll be doing something at work and I will like bash my knee on something or it's i was telling our mutual friend i had like a 60 pound piece of steel come off a table and crush my ankle uh, like a few months back and i mean we real i had to really pay attention to that because not only did it crush it but it gashed it open really bad and then that got infected yeah it got infected and i was like trying to you know squeeze the infection out and keep everything the way it's supposed to look and you know that stuff happens uh like what I do for a living, it's it's it is what it is. I, you know, when you're working with steel and stuff like that, you're always getting something going on, especially with like as heavy of equipment as I work with. But mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop something here, or I want you to drop something here. Why don't you? Uh, you were talking about this uh, wild violet market. Yeah. Um, I want to, I'm going to ask you to get into what that is, but also what I want to, you said you went to six shows this year, um, during COVID season. I mean, what are these shows that you're able to go to during COVID? <laughs> yeah. Good question, man. So let me back it up. So wildvioletmarket.com is the website you can check out, uh, the name of the company, Wild Violet Market. So, uh, for the last, I would say three or four years now, uh, my wife and I and our in-laws have made um, homemade jams and salsas and pasta sauces as Christmas gifts. We never took any money for them. It was our hobby. It was something we like to do during uh, the holiday season together. Um, and so we'd make stuff you know, throughout the year to give as gifts at the end of the year to people. And they were very unique. Uh, and we also did a lot of cookie factory stuff. But um, we had enough people over the years be like, wow, this is really good. Like, where did you guys buy it? And we'd be like, oh, we didn't buy it. We, we made it. All that stuff comes from local farmers and as much as we can. You know, obviously our, our peaches come from Georgia because that's the best place on earth to buy your peaches from. So we actually get them shipped up here from Georgia. Our oranges come straight from uh, Florida, not pick and save in the area here. Um, so we get those brought up from Florida. But... We did that enough that people were like, hey, you guys really have something here. This is great. So um, after I had um, finalized things with my second company and, and got out alive and happy, 
um, I figured it was my wife's turn and she got to see what it was like to be a business owner and she wanted to do this online um, store and she wanted to take these gifts that we made and offer them to everybody. So I said, okay, babe, it's, it's your turn and I'm just going to be here helping along the way. And so we started Wild Violet Market and we started that in March of 2020. So this year um, with the uh, idea of getting our products online and offering them to people who otherwise wouldn't have access. Maybe they don't have farmer markets in the area. Um, And what we found is that we had created something so much more. Um, We are the warehousing, we are the marketing, the sales, the shipping and receiving, the customer service for a lot of crafters who don't want to deal with that stuff. They want to make their product and have someone buy it and take it from there. And we've developed a a couple very unique partnerships uh, that we'll be rolling out here in the next couple months uh, that we've been working hard on. Um, We have a soap company that we partnered with, uh, Prickly Pear Mercantile out of Abilene, Texas. They make all of our soaps and our wax melts. Uh, We'll have a meat seasonings company coming up here from a friend of ours who's a uh, retired uh, veteran. And then hopefully a hot sauce company coming up soon here as well, if we can um, if we can get that going. So the the idea is to create this epicenter of crafters and and give them a platform to launch from. And so you can find everything on wildviolettmarket.com. Um, all of our products are up there. I just updated the inventory after we got hammered with the shows. So um, this year's supplies are dwindling down, which is good and bad. Uh, but next year we're hoping to come back with almost three to four times the production. Those are the gold numbers we're looking at. Um, and so the shows, you asked about the shows. Um, we still were able to uh, not only attend, but be invited to a few uh, craft shows, Christmas holiday craft fair type shows where uh, we were able to uh, present our products. Um, we even had uh, some pre-made samples that we made in the little sealable cups in Ziploc bags so that people could try some of our jams and salsas and pasta sauce before buying them. Um, it was very clean. Everyone you know, in the show had to wear masks. There were some shows that got a little too tight with constraints that we backed out of. Um, it seemed like every week they were getting worse and worse or tighter and tighter. Like they would only allow a handful of people in at a time. And then, you know, those people had to sit at your booth and you gave them the spiel. I didn't like that. It wasn't so free flowing, but we were able to find a lot of shows in the area um, and a great group of people, you know, kudos to them for being in this economic time right now and being able to put together these shows that that just got filled up because a lot of the crafters, we all have something we want to show you that we can do. And the biggest thing of ours is we're locally sourced from farmers in the area as much as possible. We have no preservatives and still attain a shelf life of 12 months. And we have no fillers, no no bulk. I mean, if I tell you it's a cranberry apple jam, there's cranberry, there's apple, there's a little bit of sugar in there. That's it. All natural. Good for you, good for your home, good for your body. Wow, man. I didn't, 
so like that's that's news to me actually i didn't know that that's what you're doing and now i'm i 100 have to have you on in another show because well i mean this what you're talking about here these are exactly in line with the kind of stuff that i do i'm really into um like sustainable growing and yes. they, we, we call it like permaculture okay you know the plant culture so you you basically do what's right for the plants so the plants do what's right for you i like it i like that model yeah, yeah. so so like i grow organic vegetables oh <laughs> yeah see something you probably didn't know about me. i didn't I know grow, no. yeah i'm a, I, I, uh like i said i have I've, I've got a grow room in the back of my house that i'm growing uh, I'm trying to grow some celery right now uh, huh. through the, through the winter, and I didn't even plant some of the other stuff I wanted to plant. So far, I only planted a couple head uh, stalks of celery to see what I can get going. It's very experimental, the grow room thing for me right now. Yeah, um, I wanted to grow winter spinach uh, over winter, so it's like baby leaf spinach in my in my basement because it's such a winter crop or a cooler weather crop it just gets burned out in the summers here but um one of my big interests that you just like tapped on 100 i don't can or jar oh <laughs> and i want to learn how to do it so bad so everything oh, i grow I, I eat it <laughs> dude okay you know what i'm gonna put you on the list right now because and i'll tell you what there's there's gonna be some drinks and there's always food involved, but we need, we're going to need more hands next year. And I would be happy to show you how we more hands next year. And I would be happy to show you how we do it because it is a lost art. And a lot of people we talk oh, to yeah. at these shows, they're like, oh yeah, my grandma used to can and mm-hmm. she's made the best jam and I could never find the same. And we'd be like, oh, here, try a sample of ours. And they'd be like, oh, I'm buying a jar. Like this is, this is it. This is what I've been looking for. Like yeah. I would be happy show you and the missus how we do it for some help yeah. you know what i mean yeah no dude no problem whatsoever i would love to come over and learn some of that and then uh like and you you're were gonna just eat. so make sure you're hungry man because mama comp make sure you eat <laughs> all right deal um but then the other thing you were talking about with that is like so my f- i'm trying to recreate my whole backyard right now into like a what I would want to call like a plant paradise and so what you were talking about with certain things like I want to cut down all the trees that don't produce for me you know what I'm saying so uh, like you have pine trees and this and that that they do they're there they block the wind but they don't bring me anything so I want to replace them all with with fruit fruiting trees I want to put in like apple trees and pear trees and stuff like that. Yeah. Just grow all these organic foods. And, and, uh, we're like, since you were talking about small businesses, I want to turn my, my house into a homestead. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then turn that homestead into like a hobby farm. Yeah, dude. Talk to any farm to table restaurant. They'd be all over you. Yeah. So that's the that's the plan. I got to put up a fence and get a couple chickens, and we'll handle that part. But but yeah, you know like, what, you know what else you need? You got to find a really good, experienced 
like traditional passed on from generation to generation beekeeper and oh, have so. them have them bring some bees in because those things will pollinate like up to three miles in yeah. radius yeah. i actually i actually was talking to a guy we're we're gonna talk about that um as we get into the spring i was going to give him a, a it's like a like a working arrangement where i give him a place to put a hive and he'll come and take care of it but you know then he has a pl- another place to put a hive and i don't really need any money for him using my land to keep them you know what i'm saying right and they're just going to help your stuff grow crazy yeah. Yeah, I already, I already actually have had this conversation with the guy because I want to keep bees on the property, but yeah. there's more to beekeeping than I'm like able to get into working like three jobs. Yeah, I don't want to deal with them. I want to know that you're the expert in bringing bees in and you set your bee boxes or hives and you manage that free range, yeah. 24-7, whenever you want to come, yeah. but I don't want to touch them. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly my plan. I was, I got this like whole thing with this guy I talked to, and I'm like, yeah, you can come over and use my property, but I'm not, I'm not the beekeeper, like you know. So, one stink. Oh, why are you allergic? No, I'm just saying one sting, and I would be like, that's it. I hate these things. I don't want to learn it. I don't want to deal with them. I just want to know that they're the best bees and you're pollinating the area <laughs> that's it that's yeah. your job so like yeah and the, the best thing about them is like european bees aren't very uh aggressive you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying yeah like uh like yellow jackets i get stung by yellow jackets every year <laughs> you know so and and they're helpful to have the european bees around because it might actually keep some of the yellow jackets out of the area because you know they're competing I think we should have another topic for another show because otherwise it's going to take another hour. But we should talk about our our um, thoughts and opinions on hemp as an overall industry and, and agriculture, growing it, using it, um, benefits, pros, cons, what it takes to start. I'm fascinated by that. Right. You mean hemp or CBD? Hemp. Like the actual growing of it. Yeah. Oh, I'm, uh, I don't know too much about hemp, but I know a little bit, uh, I won't, I won't get into it right now. Like you said, we'll have like, have to have another show about hemp. (laughs) I probably, I probably know more about it than I should. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But all right, man. So, uh, hold on. I got to check something. Almost nine thirty, and we've been at it for uh, ten minutes short of two hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we're gonna have to shut it down for now. But realistically, man, I mean, this is great. I'm gonna definitely have to have you come back. You might just have to be like a reoccurring person with me on this stuff. Fair. Yeah. Let me know how I can help out, or connections, or hey, we need to find some people to talk about X, Y, Z, and let's get them on here. I got a buddy. Yeah. I got a buddy. I got two buddies who are on a police department in the area, and uh, one of them is a federal firearms, or not a federal. I always say federal. One of them is a certified firearms instructor. So maybe we can have him on, giving some tips about, you know, the guys and girls who are shooting and maybe having some issues with shooting. He can give some tips there. Yeah. 
Huh? I was going to say, you know, I'm I am a firearms instructor. Are you? Yeah. No kidding. Well, there you go. That's a conversation you guys can have. I'm out of that. Yeah, that that's my. Uh, so that's my. So I work. I build wind turbines. Um, I'm a firearms instructor, and we we sell uh, we sell firearms. You know, we it's a gun store, and we have a range. Mm-hmm. And then I do the firefighting, and then on the side I do the podcasting. Good for you, man. I like the multiple streams. Not necessarily of income, but just multiple streams of pillars of growth. That intrigues me. Yeah, well, I mean, I just like I was looking at you. You know, you never been called a, a polymath? No. Okay. Well, that's that's what uh, basically like our, you know, the term renaissance man. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's basically the, the fancy term for renaissance man is a polymath. It's like a person who just does all these different things. You don't have like a, a single stream kind of, you know, thing going on. There you go. Yeah. That's a actually what's... wide ranging knowledge or learning. Yeah. Oh, you <laughs> looked it up? <laughs> yeah, I had to. Because I, I got a thing with new words. Like, oh. you can tell me what it means, but I'm going to look it up. Yeah. And uh, I like learning new words. Oh, there you go, man. There's there's one. It's actually, I, I put it in the description for the podcast. <laughs> that's awesome. That's what, that's what the podcast is about, is a modern polymath, the guy who just, and just do things. And you're, you're exactly the, the type of person that needs to be on this show. <laughs> I'm happy, dude. I like it. If you will have me again, I'd be happy. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess I'll, we'll drop the outro, which is um, drop your drop your uh, website again. Yeah. So the uh, the business that my wife and I own is wildviolentmarket.com. Uh, it's all one word, wildviolentmarket.com. You can check us out on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram. We're constantly posting up there. I try and do like one to two posts every couple of days. So we might get three, three posts out a week because um, we're coming to the end of our season here. But uh, once production starts back up in June, we'll be taking some big pre-orders. I'm trying to get that worked on right now. So wildviolentmarket.com. That's the, uh, the online store. And for anyone listening that has uh, a network of 50 users or more, we offer uh, the partnership company that I'm in is called Secure IT. We're the creators of Attack Surface Management, which is a vulnerability management tool. So if you have a network and you're concerned about your security and just want someone to take a look and see how you're looking, or uh, or you have a large network, we're happy to look at that too at secure s e c u r i t l l c dot com. Man, very good. And then. Uh all the listeners out there if you haven't been by yet uh stop by the MeWe, stop by the instagram stop by the twitter stop by the by the facebook page and we got a facebook group all under guns oil and dirt um or guns oil and dirt podcast depending on which one you're on i kind of jumble them together sometimes uh so any of those feel free to stop by drop me a line uh, comments 
questions? You guys want to drop questions for myself or uh, for guests? Anything you guys want me to cover, new topics, feel free to send me any information you want to. And then uh, again, just remember to uh, go to our affiliates, Remora Holsters, the very best in concealed carry holsters. I carry one every single day. So Remora Holsters, RemoraHolsters.com, Remora Holsters on Instagram. Um, you want to say anything else before we go, Rob? No, man, this was great. I'm happy to, uh, I'm happy to have finally gotten a time down for us to do this. So thank you. I appreciate oh. your time and effort in putting this together. Oh, thank you for being on, man. That's, it's amazing. And, uh, thanks for everybody for listening. This has been an episode of Guns, Oil, the Dirt. Stay alive, stay survived, and we'll chat at you later. All right.